1: with 100 delicious healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N O O M.com. Grab your copy of the Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold.
2: Hi, I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. On this episode, we're going to talk some rock, some metal. And anything else we feel like. We're also going to jam some tunes, have a drink, and share some honest opinions. Thanks for listening to the Talking Metal Podcast. Let's get things started. Here's an old classic that sounds just as good today as it did when we were kids. Record and what a ride David Coverdale has had through his career. I mean, we'll talk a little bit more about the amazing David Coverdale from Whitesnake a little bit later in today's show. But I do want to say that I am so excited for the concerts Emily and I have coming up this year. We have Ozzy Osbourne. We're seeing him at Madison Square Garden, third row. Wow, cannot wait for that. I got Kiss. I'm seeing them twice. I got Kiss at the Prudential Center in Newark. I got Kiss at the Garden in New York City. I have Queensryche and Fate's Warning, as I mentioned. Going to be hanging there, hopefully, with Jerry from Long Island. Uh, What else do I have coming up? Oh, Iron Maiden at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Jerry, I'm sure you'll be at that one, too, right? It's going to be a blast. So much great stuff. I'm going to the symphony. I don't know if I've ever been to the symphony. Well, back in college, I did go to the symphony. Uh, When I was, I did a music appreciation course over in London, and we, saw the London Philharmonic, but um, yeah, I'm going to the symphony with Emily. Here's some Beethoven that's coming up soon. going to check out my buddy John Astronomy and his band, Like It, this Friday, just a couple days from now. That'll be fun. Uh, by the way, that show I mentioned I was going to be hosting with Rob Dukes and Generation Kill at Dingbats in New Jersey. Canceled. That's not happening. Uh, So don't go to Dingbats thinking you're going to see Generation Kill or me there this weekend. We will not be there. And wow, there's so many great, great things. Heavy Montreal, I love that festival so much. We go up there just about every year. And the other festival that I love, possibly my, my favorite festival, is the M3 Rock Festival down in Maryland, Columbia, Maryland. And I will be there again this year. We have... Eric Baker to talk to us all about the great festival and what he has in store for M3 this year. Eric is the mastermind, one of the masterminds behind the M3 festival. So without further ado, let's hit some old school Vince Neil. I'm imagining at the M3 festival this year, you're going to get a classic set of Motley Crue delivered by Vince Neil, but I would love to hear maybe one solo song snuck in there. I'm not sure that, that I can count on that happening, and I will be totally happy with uh, a set of Straight Motley by Vince. But, man, I would love to hear this one. It is Sister of Pain off the 1992 Vince Neil record. Actually, 1993, right? Uh, the the album was called Exposed. It was a great record. I I really like those. Remember those two Vince Neil solo records? I know know he had other ones, but those first two, I just really liked those. Um, What were they? Exposed and Carved in Stone, which the Dust Brothers did, right? And I think he only had one other solo record, Tattoos and Tequila. I would love another Vince Neal solo record. Bring Steve Stevens back in, do some amazing work. That would be so much fun. I don't think we can count on that happening. I know Steve is busy with, uh, with Billy Idol, and he's got a new thing happening with Matt Sorum and Geezer Butler. Steve Stevens I'm talking about. But, man, the stuff he did with Vince Neal was so much fun. And uh, on that note, this is off the exposed record a little Vince Neal. And th- then we'll hear from uh, from the mastermind behind the M3 Rock Festival, Eric Baker. regal of talking metal and checking in for i think the third or fourth year here in a row to help talk about the upcoming m3 festival we have eric baker eric how are you hey
3: mark how you doing
2: good so you're what the producer promoter how do you how do you bill yourself uh with m3 um i
3: I bill myself as the producer and one of the people that created the festival the creator slash producer.
2: Right on, right
3: on. Uh, my yeah, my, my partners, which are Brad Campfield and the rest of the IMP group, um, are really the promoters of the festival. And it's obviously their operated venue, which is Meriwether Post.
2: Right on, right on. And as far as the bands go that you get on the festival each year, I mean, th- these are bands that are pretty much handpicked by you. Is that correct?
3: Yeah, I pretty much curate the festival. They're definitely, um, at the end of every year, we do surveys and we, you know, look to see what people want. Like a great example is Tora Tora, you know, not the biggest band in the world, but got a lot of requests for them. So it was very easy to make that call and call the guys and ask them if they wanted to play. I mean, we knew the fans wanted to see them. So stuff like that. Yeah, but for the most part, I curate the whole thing.
2: Right on, right on. And you did a great job with the bands that have been announced so far for the 2019 um, festival. Let's uh, let's start there. Let's start uh, talking about the big one, White Snake. Has White Snake played the festival before?
3: White Snake played either year two or three, um, and they were great. And we've obviously wanted them back, and timing never really worked just due to the fact that, you know, European summer festivals are starting there. And, you know, you could go and get, you know, whatever, 15 European summer shows or, you know, one M3. Um, it happens to be this year, the routing worked out and we're going to head to Europe after. So we are, we got lucky on timing with them, but we, we've we always wanted them back.
2: Awesome. Cool. And Vince Neal is coming back again. That should be great. Haven't seen him since he left Motley. So I'm psyched for that.
3: Well, the cool thing about Vince has played a couple times already, um, but The Dirt is also being released right before the festival. So right. I wow. think there's going to be a cool buzz on Motley Crue and, you know, and a lot of buzz just about this movie. And so we're excited to see Vince come back again. he'll have some better, he'll have some, some new stories to tell us. Definitely. So it'll be cool
2: cool and again we are talking about the M3 the festival that will take place for its 11th year on May 3rd, 4th and 5th. Let's let's actually talk about those three dates cuz the past what the number of years it's been two dates of the hard rock, um, you know, 80s metal era stuff, and then one day of, of country rock. Uh, but this year, it looks like we're doing three days of, of straight ahead hard rock, correct?
3: Correct. You know, the way, just I'm going to take us back 11 years. The way we started this was a one day show. Um, and then when we saw that, hey, people come in from out of time, we kind of made it like the first one and a half day festival meaning we'll have a friday night and a full day saturday and that's kind of been what the format's been in terms of rock for for the last call eight nine years um and then obviously adding the sunday country rock um southern rock festival you know the truth is there's bands that drive that day which are like leonard skinner and charlie daniels like drove those days and the first year we did it, it was huge and then you find that the bands aren't available and it just doesn't drive it. And at the same time we were discussing, it's time that we expand M3 into being a full-on festival. And right. Instead of like, people are still there on Sundays. So let's expand it and give them two full days of rock and roll. And basically, if you buy a two-day ticket, you get the Kicks off party for free. It was kind of the way we did it. Instead of having Kicks play one of the days, we wanted to kind of keep that as their day. So we kept Friday night at the Kicks off party. Um, And then we have some other surprises, which we'll come back after the new year and I'll tell you all these other cool things that are going to happen. We're just finishing up the details right now. Um, And then full day Saturday and full day Sunday. We're excited about it. And there's still more bands that we're adding.
2: Awesome. Well, let's talk about that Friday where traditionally kicks play and it sounds like that's happening again this year. Also on Friday night, a band I haven't seen since they played the Empire Rock Club in Philadelphia many, many decades ago. Heaven's Edge was this uh, was you know very kind of underground, not a super well-known band, but a great band. Was this something that the fans were requesting or was this a personal favorite of yours? How did Heaven's Edge get involved with the M3 Festival?
3: once again, let's go back a few years. I've always loved the band um, from way back when. And then they played and they played, I want to say like the, you know, the outside stage at noon and I walked over to see it and there was like just a ton of people there and people started raving about it on social media, how much they liked them. And then the whole idea behind having them play with, you know, kicks on Friday was definitely a combination of fan favorite for a small band, once again, and a band that I love, but also want to keep it very mid Atlantic. Want to keep it like with that theme of maybe not just Baltimore, but Philly, South Jersey, um, and obviously Baltimore area. So if we had, once again, if we had another band for Friday night, we're going to find someone from that area. Awesome. And keep with that. Yeah.
2: Awesome. Cool. And so many other great bands, quiet riot, Steven Adler, Kingdom Come is back, which I guess is the uh, original lineup with the singer, I'm trying to, Keith, uh, what's that guy's, Keith St. John, is that the the guy who's doing vocals for them now? Do you remember?
3: I don't remember. Right. I apologize. I should. Yeah. I think it's Keith
2: St. John is his name, and he's, from what I've heard, I saw some clips, he's doing a great job, and uh, James Kotek, of course, on drums, so that'll be great. I'm looking forward to that. And uh, Tora Tora, you mentioned Firehouse, Firehouse Extreme, Danger Danger, yep. Skid Row. I mean, this this lineup is absolutely great. Vixen is back. They were there, what, two years ago? Yep. Always great.
3: Yep. You know, we tried to, like, bring people back that just have not been there in a while. I mean, Extreme hasn't played in five or six years. Warrant is back this year, even though they played that acoustic Kind of set last year um that was kind of a spur of the moment thing we were gonna we always planned on having them this year and got a call from the guys and I'm like hey we're gonna be down in virginia doing a private gig um we'd love to come up and hang for the day and i'm like you want to come play an acoustic set and they're like sure i mean they're the greatest guys and they play the hits and it's like it was so easy to get that going that we were able to add them And one of the things that we really like to do, and and this goes back to like a Firehouse even, or an Adler, are great bands that have hits that are really easy to deal with, Yeah, kind of make it like who we target a lot. And, And so like you'll see Warren has played a few times, and Adler's been there a few times, Firehouse hasn't been there in four years, but they all hold themselves to really high standards. Same with Frankie and Quiet Riot, and I know I'm leaving other people out. But these guys hold themselves to a high standard in the way they conduct their business and the way they present themselves to the fans. And it's really important to me that that's what they're getting. Because I feel if they do that with us on a business side, they're going to even do more to make sure that the fans have a good time.
2: Awesome, yeah. I don't know if we mentioned Bang Tango yeah. and Autograph. They will be there. And the thing that yeah. I love about M three is it's not just the music. And I I know that's kind of weird to say, but it's it's this community of of people that come from all over the world for this great festival. It's my favorite f- festival. Period. Uh, and I just I love bonding with the people. I love hanging out, drinking beer with the people. And it's it's just a great, great community that every year, thanks to you have, for the last 11 years has been getting together down there in Maryland. And, uh, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the community? How well have you gotten to know the fans of the M3 festival?
3: I've gotten to know that uh, some really well. Um, and you know, like one of the cool things is I'll give you like a couple of little anecdotes. is one, there's a girl I went to Hebrew school with and I didn't know she was into metal. I hadn't seen her in 30 years. She happens to live in LA and right. she's always at M3 and that's kind of how we connected again. And we're friends again. And that like something like that on a personal level was very cool. Um, but I've, I've heard stories about people and I've spoken to people that have like come and thanked me and told me stories, how they finally found a community of people that they can relate to. Um, because, you know, this is a very specific genre and lifestyle and, you know, if you want to be with people that have something in common with. It. it doesn't matter if it's like Arena Rock from the 80s or football, you know? Right, You want right. to be with people. And there's a lot of people that just kind of come. And, and you could see on, on on social where it's like, you know, a lot of people complain about the lineup. And then the other people are like, who? Like, the lineup just complements the great time I have every year with people. And to me, it is equally as important as the lineup. You know, when people stop saying, you know what, there's fights and there's this and it's not fun anymore probably one will go away, but I don't think we've had one fight in 11 years there. Knock on wood.
2: Yeah. I've never seen any. It's just, everyone is loving. Everyone is, is together for, for the same thing. You know, the, the love of, of that era of music.
3: Yeah. And there's actually been people that have met at M3 that have gotten married. Wow. So, which is, I know is so funny, but I've gotten a num. there's probably five or six over 11 years. And when you think about, you know, we probably had over a hundred thousand people and combined throughout all the years, you know, even five people is still a lot to me, but the fact that people can fall in love at a concert still, it just brings it back to this like romantic period of like rock and roll when real shit with real people can happen. I mean, you know, it's like, what's kind of said best in like almost famous. Remember when they're just hanging in Topeka and he's like, yeah, we're just some real Topeka people. Right. And that's why like the guitar player, like loved it so much. Well, like this is just real rock and roll like lovers and it's like it's really like great to see and i mean you like we've walked around l- last year like you know i walk around like yeah i want to be in it i don't always want to be working like part of it is like sitting on the lawn and watching people having fun and, and that's what really drives to do this
2: absolutely and speaking of walking around will there be two stages this year or were you sticking with one again
3: we're sticking with one again and, and that's not only a uh, you know that's a decision that gets made between the operators of merriweather post and myself and i really like they're the greatest promoters in in the business you know um and, and you've been there you've met them you know you know what it's like at that venue you know right. from front of house back of house how great this thing is run um but you know there's also like a lot of a lot of feedback from fans saying, you know, trying with packing in band and trying to walk over and get to that other stage and get a decent seat for it. Because if you have a good seat pavilion, you're probably the last one to get over to the other stage and, and then vice versa. And, and it's kind of like, it's too much of a rush and too much of a hassle for people. So we were kind of like, you know, let's pack it into one stage again. We're not going to just go from Band to band, we're going to give like definitely ears get fatigued and you want to walk around and you want to get beers and you want to do whatever. And we can, but we're going to give some time in between, uh, in between artists this year. But we also could find we could fit just as many artists in and people are happier, you know, and there's definitely some people that, you know, buy like the lawn seats that are bummed out because it's like that's their chance to sit up front. And we recognize that. But the overwhelming response was kind of like, let's, you know, the one stage worked really well.
2: Yeah, you had it on that, so, like, circular kind of thing where they right. could just kind of rotate it, you know? So the, the, there was not a lot of time in between sets.
3: We'll do a little bit more time this year so people can hang. Okay, cool. Cool. It, it, and, me a, and me as a consumer, and I'm sure, you you know, the thousands of shows that you've been to, after, like, the sixth band, it just starts ringing. You know, right. it's like you kind of need a second to, like, go to the bathroom, get a drink, get some food, or just hang and talk to people for a second and that's kind of like what we're trying to achieve this year
2: all right well the lineup is great i cannot wait for may 3rd 4th and 5th in columbia maryland at the mary mary weller what how do you say it? mary weller pavilion mary, weather, I post. Ma- mary weather post right
3: M- mary what we- mary post pavilion and uh you'll be there and i'm excited to like hang with you again and and uh, I appreciate all your support of the show over the years. Oh,
2: no, we love wonderful. it. We love it. Thank you for putting it on every year. And are we going to hear about a host? Uh, will there be a host? I know a lot of times you have cool name people hosting the event. Are you planning on that again th- for this year?
3: Yep. I would say come after January, you, we we should talk again. And we'll give you some host information, some additional bands. that are going to be there and some extra things that we're going to do. And all just real consumer driven. And we have some really cool partners coming in this year as well. So, all stuff to be talked about in the new year. Awesome.
2: Eric, thanks so much again for joining us on Talking Metal. We will be there, hopefully, doing interviews like we have the last few years at the M3 Festival. Again, White Snake, Autograph, Bang Tango, Danger, Danger, Extreme, Kingdom Come, Kicks. Uh, Quiet Riot, LA Guns, Tora Tora, Vince Neil, Vixen, Skid Row, Warrant, Vane. I don't think we mentioned Vane. I love Vane. Can't wait to see them. Uh, it's uh, it's an awesome lineup, and it sounds like there's more info to come uh, soon.
3: Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You bet.
2: All right, a little Eric Baker, Eric Baker interview. Eric, thank you for bringing the M3 Festival to us year after year. You do such a great job with it, and we love it. White Snake, Vince Neil kicks. Uh, I'm I'm excited to see Kingdom Come, a band I've never seen play live, and I've always loved them. James Kotek on the drums, and that former Scorpions drummer, the original drummer of Kingdom Come. It's going to be great. Vixen, we're gonna we're gonna talk to some of these bands as we lead up to the festival to help promote their appearance at the M3 festival and uh, White Snake. Wow, I cannot wait to hear White play the M3 festival. And by the way, coming out of the uh, the interview with Eric Baker, that was of course Kingdom Come with "Get It On," a song that we're gonna hear, I'm sure, at the M3 festival this year which is just going to be fantastic. We'll keep promoting that as we lead up to the festival. It is kind of the beginning of, of summer for me. That M3 festival kicks off the uh, the summer season for me, always. Uh, in, it's happening in early May in Columbia, Maryland. Emily and I will be there. I think Ian McCurdy's coming down, my good buddy. Who knows? Maybe we'll even get John Astronomy there, and we will rock to Whitesnake, who are headlining the m3 festival this year i cannot wait to uh to rock with white snake we've seen them emily and i've seen them numerous times the past few years i saw them back in the 80s on when they were touring for that 1987 self-titled record uh but we saw them in montclair new jersey a couple years ago and then just recently over the summer down at the pnc art center and i am ready for more white snake at the m3 festival this year David Coverdale, what a career. You know, he started in Deep Purple. It was kind of a weird time for Deep Purple. They had lost their, their classic lineup and they reformed. And, and David wrote almost all, I think, the songs off of Burn or along with Blackmore and some of the other guys. And then, you know, Burn did all right. Burn did all right for Deep Purple. But it was definitely a step down from where they'd been with with the Gillen-Glover era of the band. It was definitely the momentum was, they were kind of losing the momentum. They put out, uh, the next one was Stormbreaker, right? Blackmore hated it, and it wasn't really a good record, to be honest. I, I don't really care for it. And at that point, oh, and then they did the, the Come Taste the Band record when Blackmore quit you know, Blackmore quit and he went to form Rainbow with Dio because he wanted to do something heavier and Purple was getting away from their heaviness. He wanted to do something more hard rock. Um and then Coverdale, we're talking about Coverdale, he stayed on with Purple and they did the uh the Come Taste the Band record. And it's interesting because then, you know, he formed Whitesnake pretty much right after that. But it was many, many years until they really broke through with Slide It In and the self-titled record in the States. And those records are just so iconic. And, you know, his time in Deep Purple, like, I remember no one even knew Coverdale was in Deep Purple from that was my age, you know, growing up on 80s hard rock. I mean, we kind of knew it, but we. Gillen was the the purple guy you know but Coverdale he sang like 80 percent of the the songs on those three records he did with Purple they had a minor hit with the song Burn but again it was definitely the momentum for Purple was gone and it eventually fizzled and kind of died out and uh, I don't really I, I mean I feel like that gig he had got his foot in the door but I, I feel like he really built Whitesnake up through the years and and really really got them to the point where they really took over over the world and it took them a while you know it really did it really took them a while and even though at the time those purple records were not really uh the fan base didn't really love stormbreaker or come taste the band and a lot of them didn't like burn um those records again didn't do nearly as well as the the gillen era stuff I believe in more recent years they've kind of there's been a cult following for those records. Um, me personally, the the purple lineup will always be Gillan, Glover, Pace, Blackmore, and Lord. That is the 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 guys who delivered all the greatest purple material. Every other lineup of that band and there's been many many others fail in comparison to to what those guys did. You can't touch it. Seriously, I mean, and you list, look at those! All the iconic hits are uh, from Purple, with the exception of "Hush," which was pre, you know, pre that lineup. Um, those are all the big songs come from from that lineup of Purple. But Coverdale, you know, that gig got hit, got got him on the stage, and really was an opening. But it took him again many many years to break through to become a a, a real a true superstar, which I feel like as a kid I first heard about Whitesnake it was the slide it in record you know and and that record was kind of at that time I remember thinking it's good it's got it's kind of a 70s rock vibe it didn't feel real contemporary when it came out it kind of felt like a a, a throwback record and I think Coverdale realized that and I think he knew that that he's got a He's got to make it more 80s to really take over the world. And that's what he did with um, the self-titled 1987 record. He went 80s metal. He took his 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 roots from the 70s. He got a new hairdo. He got a new band for the video. You know, John Sykes and, and what, Ansley Dunbar. I mean, those guys played on that record. And I thought he should have kept Sykes because Sykes totally fit in with the 80s metal look and vibe. But... You know, for whatever reason, he didn't want to keep Sykes. He got rid of everyone, replaced them with really A-listers. You know, Vivian Campbell, Rudy Sarzo, uh, Tommy Aldridge, uh, Vandenberg. You know, he got these guys in the band for for the, the video, really. I know Vandenberg played, like, what, a couple solos on the self-titled record, but it was mostly Sykes. And... um yeah and that was it that was the winning formula because the visual was so important back in those days and bringing in those a-list superstars whether they played on the record or not they were out there doing the tour and i couldn't wait to see the tour uh saw it in in rhode island with great white opening up um it was just a, a great night i do remember coverdale's voice being a little off that night but still it was a really really fun night in recent times coverdale's voice has been spot on and uh Yeah, so that's about it. Uh, um, I'm psyched to see Coverdale once again at the M3 Festival. And again, when you do go back to that Purple stuff, if you like it, I mean, I think because, you know, Glenn Hughes has really celebrated his time in Deep Purple and made a big deal out of it. But Coverdale sang 80% of that stuff. You got to remember that. and. He wrote, I mean, Hughes doesn't even have a songwriting credit on Burn. He only has a songwriting credit on a handful of songs on Stormbringer. And Come Taste the Band. Um, he doesn't e like Tommy Boland plays bass like on, on some of that. Honestly, the first what's that first song on Come Taste the Band? Coming home. That's that's Tommy Boland playing bass on that. Um Coverdale il- handling all the vocals on that song, which I love that song. Maybe we'll end with that. Uh, yeah, and uh Hughes is out there doing the the Deep Purple tour now where he's doing all Deep Purple songs. We saw it in uh in 2018. It's it's not it's pretty boring. I wish he would go back to pulling in more of his solo songs because the deep purple thing it's a little bit of a joke because he's playing a bunch of songs many of which he didn't even write or sing on originally in the set and uh it's just really a snooze fest so let's hope he goes back to playing like california breed songs and and some of his other stuff uh that that you know is is much better than the stuff he did in purple um hoping that happens soon but anyways let's end with a little Coverdale actually let's play two more songs this is Coming Home by Deep Purple featuring Tommy Bowen on guitar and bass David Coverdale on vocals Ian Pace on the drums George George John Lord on the keyboards here we go Coming Home by Deep Purple Here on Talking Metal, Tommy Bolin handling the guitar and bass on that one. Coverdale on vocals, handling all the vocals. Deep Purple, Bolin era Deep Purple there on Talking Metal. Here on Talking Metal, right? Let's talk about you guys. Uh, I already mentioned some of you, but the Patreoners. Uh, Sadly, we've had some of you guys drop off, which uh, I'm hoping we can get some more. I'm going to try to make it more appealing. You know, if you do give me $20 on Patreon... You get a t shirt. I'll mail that out. And you will also have the opportunity to request songs. I mean, really, send me a song a month if you want. I'll try to get as many of them on as possible. And the Patreoners, you guys get first dibs on, excuse me, burp, uh, on requesting songs. So let's talk about who you guys are on Patreon. Anthony Mackey, thank you. At Metal Dan, thank you. Uh, let's see. BJ and Brody, you've left. I hope to have you guys back at some point. Fred Roots, thank you. James Bennett, thank you. Jason Seth, Jay Vaninsky, JB Allen, Jean Francois Blas. Jean Jacobson. Jean Beauvoir. Bouvoir. Michael Street. Mike Jones. Mr. David S. Gray. Ralph Petrie, thank you, Ralph. Rick Bunch. Ron Emboy, Ron Keel. Sean Morgan, Steve Hoker, and Steve Saylor. Thanks, guys. You guys are awesome. And I totally, totally appreciate everything that you've been doing for for us here on the podcast. It is great to have you guys as part of our team helping put on this show every week, every Tuesday. Sorry, I know it's not Tuesday. I I ran late, but we'll get back to... uh, doing every tuesday and to take us out oh i, I had a song in mind i was going to play and i kind of forgot what it is um i'm going to look here how about a little Vane? this is beat the bullet by the band Vane, who will be performing at the m3 festival this year all right guys we'll talk to you next time